Welcome to Refresh, Coastal Conversations on Faith, Life, and Justice. We're sister friends on opposite sides of the country, talking honestly and openly about our experiences. (laughs) Now that's refreshing. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Zan. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Sabrina? I am doing well. You know, Saturday, our usual time to record and the end of the semester. So I am feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm coming off of a crazy academic year. You know, absolutely. I think this time has just been incredibly trying for so many of us. Um, and we are still dealing with the, the residue of this pandemic season. Uh, and it does look like the tide is beginning to turn, um, at least in certain parts of the U.S. We know internationally it's a different picture, uh, but we are beginning to feel and see some, some relief. And, you know, we're grateful for that, even as we continue to pray for the places where vaccines still are not readily accessible and they are still seeing, you know, cases of, of infection. Um, and so we, you know, we're certainly praying that uh, this pandemic will, will soon be under control. Absolutely. And, and I have to tell you, North Carolina is one of the states that has lifted their mask mandate. And I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. And one thing that I wrote about and I meditated on over the last few months is that the pandemic helped to shift us away from some of the things that weren't necessarily great practices, like busyness and going all the time with all the people and not really having um, a practice of discernment around who we spend our time with. And I think some of that was intentional. And so I want to be cautious about a rush to go back to anything. I really do want to move forward and move about in a different way. So I'm not, I'm not quite ready to do away with all the practices that we put in place over the last year. Carol, I hear you. And I I think that's wise. There's still so much that we just don't know. And so uh, caution is is best, I think. So I'll still be out there with my mask, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even though, uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to be uh, fully vaccinated. Girl, I still go out for my little walks and I've got my mask in hand. And when I see people coming, I put it on. (laughs) I'm there with you. It's just so interesting. And I know this is not the topic of this podcast or today's episode, but I I agree with you. And and stores are saying things like, oh, everyone who is vaccinated can do this. And how would you know? How will I know? So like you, I am continuing to wear my mask. I am continuing to choose where I fellowship both indoors and outdoors and who I fellowship with, because again, I'm, I'm just not ready. And I think there's so many unknowns. So just not willing to take that risk uh, with my, with my life or the life of my close friends and family and loved ones at this time. I think that's right. And speaking of fellowship, you know, today we're going to be talking about friendships and I'm super excited for us to get into this topic. But before we do, we just want to acknowledge some things that have happened uh, since our last recording. Of course, we have received uh, the Derek Chauvin verdict. Um, and that verdict uh, for many of us was a, a positive outcome, you know, for him to be found guilty on all charges. Um, a little surprise that it did not take the jury 
uh, that long or as long as I was anticipating to deliberate um, and to see, I mean, it really was a historic outcome, you know, and yet we recognize that there's still so much work to do because uh, that day and that week, you know, we saw other uh, cases that were nationally um, televised that let us know, you know, this this issue is not over, that we're still seeing excessive violence um, and even that that often results in death yeah. when uh, police officers encounter men and women who are black or brown. Um, and so we want to see an end to that, that all lives should be cherished and valued. And why is it? that those encounters, why do they have to end in death for so many of us? When we see others of other races, they come out alive. Yeah. And often the circumstances surrounding why they were stopped or questioned seem to be much more serious and yet they come out alive. So, you know, that's a part of what we're saying that there really needs to be reform. And we also just acknowledge that not every police officer is racist. Not every police uh, system is corrupt. There are some wonderful men and women on the police force who are doing excellent work in our community. So, you know, uh, we, we just want to paint a, a fair and balanced picture. Uh, but we do also need to name and acknowledge that Black men and women, brown men and women are dying at disproportionate rates from these encounters with law enforcement. We, oh, please. Yeah, I just, I, I want to echo your sentiments in terms of our gratitude actually toward a lot of people who, a lot of men and women who ensure the safety of our communities, who intervene in some very, sometimes some very volatile situations. And I can't imagine what it's like to be a first responder or to be an officer and you come on the scene of something and you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. I can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine what it's like to leave your family every day and not be sure if you're going to return home. So I don't know what that's like, but I do know what it's like to be a community citizen and to fear, to fear when I encounter officers or when someone who looks like me encounter officers and to not feel that same level of safety or security on a basic encounter. So I just wanted to echo your sentiments that we know it's not a one size fits all, not a one shoe for all, but there is definitely some inequity that's occurring that has occurred for a long time. And we do need to be able to have conversations about this without all the layered sort of emotions and baggage where people aren't listening to the data that shows that there, there are some issues that are happening when it comes to um, black and brown encounter law enforcement. So yeah, I just wanted to chime in and echo that sentiment. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. And we also just want to acknowledge the conflict that's going on right now um, on the Gaza Strip between Israelis and Palestinians. This is such a difficult one because American sentiment often is um, leans toward uh, Israel. And so I think it can be really challenging to express um, even ethically, morally founded um, outrage about what's happening 
that recognizes the rights uh, and the humanity of Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, they, they come under fire um, on their jobs, uh, in their communities. They pay a really high toll um, if they're if their viewpoints are not pro-Israel. But what we, I think one of the things we really want to speak to right now is just the senseless loss of life. Mm -hmm. And we want to see an end to all of the missile launches and bombings and killing of innocent people. Children are dying, families, you know, we're not talking about just military uh, excursions. We're talking about, you know, missiles, bombs being sent into areas where people live. And it's hard to imagine having to be in a place that, that you call home uh, that's under that kind of violent attack. So um, our prayers go out to, you know, both communities and we pray for a ceasefire um, and we pray for the recognition of everyone's humanity involved. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Sam. Sure, sure. Well, I think, you know, we can jump into our discussion. It's a juicy one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's because we want to talk a little bit about divine friendships. You know, uh, what are some of those friendships in our own lives? How did they come about? What gives us this sense of or feeling of them as being divinely appointed? And then also talk a bit about friendship breakups. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely don't hear enough about that. I know personally, I was surprised when some friendships ended. I was like, what? Yeah. You mean we're not going to be friends forever? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, you know, earlier on in my, my journey, just was unaware that, yeah, that happens sometimes with friendships. So I'm looking forward to us just really digging into it. So why don't you kick us off? Like, tell us about some of your divinely appointed friendships. You know, what are they and how did you know? Yeah, so let me start by saying that I am an only child. I, I mentioned this in our first episode. And if you haven't listened, listen, if, you, if you're not caught up, you're just kind of coming on to refresh on episode five. Maybe you can go back and listen to episodes one through four to learn a bit more about us, but I'm an only child. And so my friendships hold a special place in my heart. I grew up with a lot of extended family. And so then my friends, of course, were the family that I got to choose. And I lived in one community for my entire K through 12 education. So many of the people I started, actually most of the people that I started kindergarten with, I graduated with from high school. So lots of uh, deep, multifaceted, complicated relationships, but people who were around for a really long time. And as I think back to my friendships, I can say from every major season of life, every sort of major experience, that being undergrad, Peace Corps, grad school, however many times over particular work environments, I've met at least one or two people who I would consider to be a friend. That's someone who I can confide in, someone who I can support and who also supports me, someone who challenges me to be better. That is really key. Someone who grows with me. doesn't mean that we're growing in the same way, but as I'm growing, they're also growing. That has also been key. Someone who has a desire to do right in the world, like honesty and integrity are also really important to me. So when I think about my friendships, they are multifaceted. They have been through multiple seasons and survived and sustained through those seasons. They have grown with me. 
they are supportive and encouraging and they inspire me to grow. Like that would be sort of the central um, crux. I don't know if that's the right way to, to describe it, but the central components of, of how I would recognize and label my key friendships. What about you, Zan? Tell us about your friendships and how you know if they're divinely appointed. Yeah, well, there's so much of what you said I really resonate with, especially the sense that, you know, friendships are complex and they don't all look the same. Um, and that's okay that they don't all have to be um, exactly the same or provide the same kinds of things for us to be a meaningful friendship. Um, but the ones that I would consider divinely appointed uh, typically occur uh, under two circumstances. There, there could be more if I thought about this, had time to think about this a little more um, strategically, but I, I would say, you know, either they, those are, those di divinely appointed friendships grew out of uh, my formative years. So um, a little similar to what you were saying about being an only child and, you know, the friendships that um, the ones that became family for you. Um, well, I'm not an only child, uh, but there are some friendships that I have had from my entire life. And at, at least as far back as I can remember, mm -hmm. right? So um, there are uh, women who are dear to me that I, I, we literally grew up with one another. Um, we were born a month apart. And so we have seen each other through every phase of our lives. And we haven't always, you know, since um, I'd say graduating from high school, we, we actually uh, attended different high schools, but uh, attended the same elementary school um, and kind of started going in different, uh, different schools after that, but we lived on the same street. And so we have remained friends throughout our lives and it is our intention to always be friends. And those are friendships that feel divinely appointed to me because I know that no matter what, those women love me. Yeah. Now we all have our quirks, right? We're all like, we're, we're just special people. All of us got something that's just a little special about, yeah, <laughs> special about us, you know? Um, but I think, a a divine friendship, you can count on that person to love you regardless of your flaws and to always want the best for you. So that friendship isn't really based on, you know, what they're trying to get from you. Uh, you know, it, it's not shaped at all by any kind of jealousy. You know, it's just pure love for the person. And it's however I can be there and support that person. I'm going to do that and I'm going to cheer them on no matter what. So I have those kinds of friendships, um, a very dear, dear friend um, who actually, my mother, if you can believe this, taught her and her siblings um, and she babysat me and my siblings. You know, she and her siblings did that. Uh, and somewhere along the line, we became very close uh, and that too is just extremely divinely appointed. You know, it's someone that I can have any kind of conversation with. And uh, we, you know, are the kind of friends where there is a spirit of discernment around, you know, what should I be praying for for this person? How can I support this person? 
you know, it's whatever we need. And so I'm so grateful for those friendships. I, you know, I think others, um, if they're not the ones that came about uh, in terms of, you know, during those formative years, then there are ones that occurred because of different seasons in my life, like moving to a new city, starting a new uh, degree program. And, you know, you're naturally like looking for a community and God will bring people into your life. Um, so I think I would, you know, pause there briefly just to say that I, you know, I recognize uh, that some of those friendships happen later on kind mm-hmm. of in those adult years, like uh, college, yeah. um, over 21 even, and they do feel different. You know, those are different friendships, but can also be very meaningful. And those friendships, though, I find they don't always last. Sometimes they were divinely appointed for a season. Yeah. Um, and they don't always continue. And that that can be challenging to understand um, and to accept, you know, at at times. I I know that I have struggled with that at times. I mean, what about you? Is there anything that you might say about friendships that perhaps, and, and, you know, you may feel that they were divinely appointed, but they occurred at kind of a later stage in life and maybe they did or did not continue. I don't know. You have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I would say actually, so for me, because so much has happened in my life, after I left home, that my K through 12 friendships, and I would say two in particular, are very unique, but they aren't, they, they're very different from the ones that I met, particularly in undergrad. So I would say my deepest and my most complex friendships are the friends that I met in undergrad, because yeah. that's where I shifted and grew the most. Moving to a new city, becoming me, becoming more of me versus people who kind of saw me under my, my parents' guardianship and that Sabrina versus the Sabrina that went away and sort of making choices, a lot more choices on my own and really becoming who I am fully or more fully. So my most complex and multifaceted friendships are from undergrad, which is why Atlanta always holds such a special place for me. And I would agree, I've had some friendships or even associate associateships or um, our dear friend Courtney calls them situationships. I've had those, but I wouldn't label them as friends. I've had times where I've worked at a job where maybe I met someone, for example, in seminary and we kind of kicked it for that year or two and then we didn't talk anymore. I wouldn't necessarily label them as a friend, right? I've met people since I moved here. I met them my first year I moved here and we don't, we're not necessarily hanging out together. Or my second or third year, we're not hanging out together. I wouldn't label them as friends. They were like associates or situationships. So for me, it has been really, especially as I get older, being really clear about friendships. And for me, it's that sustaining power. That means that even if I move to Las Vegas, when I leave Las Vegas, our friendship, the way we communicate may shift, but we still communicate. So I have a really good friend, Liz, who I still keep in touch with. She is a dear friend to me. And it has been 16 years since I left Las Vegas, right? But we still talk, we still keep in touch, we still know what's going on. The frequency of that communication has shifted, but we've continued to grow. She's still growing, I'm still growing, and so I consider her to be a friend. Some of the other people I met there might might not have been friendships per se, even though in the moment it might have felt like a friendship. And I can say the same about the people that I've met here. And I do think for me that letting go has been hard because again, my friendships are like, for all of us, I think they're the family that we get to choose. And so really being clear that sometimes things do happen, right? We have a disagreement or whatever, we part ways, life situations, maybe someone gets married, they start a family. Other times we outgrow one another and that's okay too. Like God brought us together for a particular season. 
and we were able to walk together in that season to provide whatever was needed for the other person or to receive what they had to gift us. And then it's time for us to part ways. And so that has been harder for me to accept. But even harder for me has been when I'm clear that the season has ended and the person is still holding on, where I feel like they're sort of latching on or smothering me. That That is even more challenging. And I'm trying to explain, I'm not upset with you. I'm not angry with you. Our season has just shifted and now we're moving in a different way and that's okay, right? So that's sort of how I would frame the complexity of my friendships, mainly those those that I met in undergrad, those that I really do consider a friend versus a situationship. And then what does it feel like or an inkling of what it begins to feel like to part ways or go into other seasons from some of those relationships. Yeah, well, that's really good, Sabrina. And after we come back for our break, I, I really want to spend some more time digging into some of these friendship breakups or shifts in season where we recognize that uh, the relationship that we had with someone, uh, it it has kind of run its course or um, it needs to take on a different kind of character. And so how do we deal with that? So let's pause and come on back. Perfect. Hey, girl, welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And we just want to pick up where we left off, you know, really thinking about how important it is to distinguish between friendships that are meant to last us a lifetime, um, go with us across the various uh, phases or seasons of our lives and, uh, and ones that were, they could have been divinely appointed. They could have just been ones that we chose without much consideration of what God was doing. You know, it could have been things, right? <laughs> right. Cause sometimes like we're making stuff happen and it may not have been God, but you know, there may be a point where it becomes clear that, okay, um, this friendship can't be the same as what it once was. Um, And so maybe it needs to end altogether or it needs to become this other thing. But let's talk a little bit um, about that. Uh, Could you talk a bit about some friendship breakups and how you navigated that? Oh, my gosh. So first of all, I think that we we need to talk about friendship breakups more. We spend so much time hearing about relationship breakups, intimate relationship breakups. But friendship breakups are hard because they're unexpected. And I don't think anyone ever talks about how deep that grief can be felt. And so I had my first friendship breakup about 16 years ago. I still remember it to the day. It was when text messaging, when I first started texting, maybe other people were texting, but I had just started texting. And we should have never gone down this route, but my friend and I ended up going into a back and forth. And that person chose to share some things with me via text messages that were very hurtful that I never knew. And it felt like an emotional vomit. It felt like... They have been holding in all these things about me for all these years and sort of judging my actions. And they just chose at that moment to let it all out. And that hurt because I thought, again, here was my safe place. Here was a place where I was sharing my deepest secrets, my most intimate thoughts. And somehow someone was sort of keeping a tally and making judgments about all the things that I have done. Um, and so we we broke up, you know, and that it just hurt because it felt like, who do I talk to about this? Who cares <laughs> about a friendship breakup? And we have mutual friends. So what are what is that person saying to other people about the friendship? And do I need to reconcile and tell my side of the story? It felt, of course, very petty because I'm young and that's what young people do. But I didn't also know how to handle my heart. 
so that would that was one and then in most recent years i think i've done better with seeing when a season has started to shift i'm a very loving naturally very loving person and so when i feel my heart shifting i know okay i need some space from this relationship but sometimes it feels like their friendship is becoming more of a burden than like a place to a place of refuge. And that's really important to me. I feel like we have enough places in the world that demand a lot of us and that put pressure on us and critiquing us. So I want my friendships to be safe places where I can kick off my shoes and take off my, or put on my bonnet, whatever, take it off or put it on and, and just be free, free to be me. And so I've had a couple of situations in the last few years where it's felt restricted, where the person was either basing my actions on what they knew about me from a previous season or where it was so much of, we got to do everything together. We got to do check in. It felt like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of in prison, you know, and being able to move away from them and, and have, having that same mourning process, but handling it different. And I said that my last example really quickly has been where other people have shifted. They've had a divine <laughs> revelation that they don't want to be in intimate connection with me anymore. And that has hurt because most, the two times that I can think of specifically, the, the people just pivoted. There was no explanation. There was no transition. It was like here today, gone tomorrow. And that hurt. And with the one person I even mentioned, like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, nothing, everything's fine. I'm like, everything is definitely not fine. But what I would have done in the past was to have been like a little kid, you know, come on, let's fix it, let's fix it. And now this was my opportunity to your point to say, Lord, I surrender this to you. Like if this season has ended, thank you. Thank you for the time that we had together. Thank you for the fellowship. Release me. And from that, Zan, I do believe God began to reveal things to me like this was very temporary and you were trying to hold on. I wanted you to sit here for one hot minute and that that minute has passed. Let this go. So those are kind of my three categories. My first breakup, right? Second time where I'm trying to, you know, make my shift and people are kind of clinging. And then third where the young people, younger people use the word ghosting now. I don't even know what that fully means, but where I felt like I got ghosted and then people try to act like I'm crazy. No, you shifted. So those are my examples. What about you? Can you tell us about your breakups and how did you handle it? What was that like for you? Are you recovering? Girl, girl I just wish our uh, listeners right now could see our faces because <laughs> they tell a whole lot that is difficult to put into words. Um, but I have definitely had some painful friendship breakups. Um, the one that was the most toxic to me um not the breakup itself being toxic but the friendship mm -hmm. I would say was toxic uh in the sense that I I came to realize that um I became a less confident person mm -hmm. because of that so-called friend and so when I became aware of what was happening to me, and it was because I was internalizing things that they were saying, and I didn't pick up on it initially, that they were little by little, like chipping away at my self-esteem. But once I realized it, I was like, oh, that's it. And so I made an intentional shift to no longer into my inner circle. Yeah. Now we were a part of a friend group. So I didn't cut them off entirely. I just intentionally changed what I shared with them. And so I felt like you, you can't hold this, you know, you're, you're not worthy of knowing me in this way because you don't take care of my feelings. And so it just had to shift and change. I believe they felt the shift, 
but we never had a, a conversation about it. Other friendships that shifted, um, you know, they were like that pivot that you described and a kind of ghosting where I'm trying to reach them and they just could not be reached. And what was so painful about that to me is it was during a time that I felt like I really needed them the most. And I, I felt like I had been there for them during difficult times. And so when I was having a difficult time, like I couldn't raise them on the phone, Yeah, you know, and that was really hard for me to understand. Um, so it, it was hurtful. Um, and I just eventually, you know, I had to move on beyond it. I just stopped, you know, the, um, I stopped the calling, uh, you know, and I just let it go. So occasionally I will hear something from them, you know, might be text, might be, you know, social media, um, but it's just not at all like it once was. And I'm at a place now where I'm able to accept that, but it was really hard at the time. It's like that uh, Girl Scout model, you know, um, make new friends, but keep the old. Yeah. One is silver and the other is gold, you yeah. know, and I think they were like trying to say, hey, as you move on through life and you make new friends, don't forget about those old ones who were holding you down from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But the reality is sometimes friends don't make it. They don't last. And they, they, weren't, they weren't meant to, but it can be really hard to tell when that is the, the case and to accept that, especially if you don't yet have replacements. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe they are not meant to be replaced. You know, as we, we go to, uh, we start different seasons uh, you know, the Lord will send us what we need. Uh, but sometimes, you know, that friendship circle will like get smaller <laughs> as we get older and we move more into the things that God has called us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the truth of the matter is just that everybody can't go mm -hmm. and not everyone can hold uh, in good faith the the promises of God, the callings of God on our lives. And so they don't need to be in those inner circles. We may want company though. <laughs> you know, and so it can just be hard when the Lord is like, nope, um, you don't need that anymore or you don't need that right now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it is for me. But I will say I'm so grateful for the friendships that uh, the lasting friendships that God has given me and also the provision of friendships that are just for a time that make living in new places or moving through new seasons uh, more enriched and, and meaningful, you know, so I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, Zan, I, and thank you for, for mentioning that. Two things I thought of when you were speaking. One is I agree with you. There's some people who will never know the depth of a true friend. And so I am so incredibly grateful that I have met so many amazing people, including you, who I know that we share special moments in life. We share special types of friendships. There's certain things that I will call on you for that I know that I can go to you for that I can talk with you about. So I'm so grateful for that, right? And then I also thought of, I'm sure you've seen the meme as my vision got bigger, my circle got smaller. That is such a hard thing to accept that everyone can't go with us. It is painful because I'm the cheerleader that wants the whole team to, to travel, right? But to, to accept that not everyone is 
most people actually aren't meant to travel with us, that they are literally on the path for a designated time. And that is hard because it is lonely. We talked about this in our last podcast. It is lonely sometimes going on assignment. And so it, it's comforting to take the people who know us <laughs> with us. That's, that's our, our, a bit of our peace, a bit of our, our hugs, right? And so it can be hard to, to kind of leave people as we, as we go or to have them, you know, pruned from our lives. I've had that happen as well. So yeah, I definitely thought about as my vision got bigger, my circle got smaller and um, just the, the gratitude for having had faithful friendships. So as we're moving forward, how do you now approach new friends or potential friends? If you meet someone tomorrow, are there things that you do that maybe you didn't do 10 or 15 years ago? And how do you kind of move in that relationship, move forward in that relationship? You know, I think I'd have to go back to uh, spiritual discernment about what someone is meant to kind of hold with you mm-hmm. and, and you know, what, what you're meant to share with them. And I, I think we have to be careful about um, various influences, you know, and allowing people to speak into or about things uh yeah, we, we have to be very, you know, careful about that. Um, and so I think that's one thing that I do better. Uh, earlier on, it was like, oh, I remember seeing you at the so-and-so. And I just kind of like assume, well, now that person is going to become my friend, you know, yeah. and I like make a new friend and, you know, I'm inviting them to things. Hey, let's go do this and that, you know, and we may become friends, but you know, it wasn't really um, that kind of soul connection where, you know, that friendship is going to continue to evolve and at important times in your life. Um, like, I think even about our friendship, you know, the, the ways in which we connected in seminary, which was later in life for us, right? But we share, um, we both were in seminary after having experienced traumatic events and we connected around those issues. Now we've been out of seminary for six years and here we are, you know, and so like some, some friendships, you know, um, they, they may start in a particular season Mm -hmm. and God intends to continue Mm -hmm. bringing us back into connection uh, a kind of covenant relationship that that enables us to continue growing in what the Lord has for us. And that's a part of, you know, what I see in our friendship that, um, you know, there is this deep spiritual connection that's a part of that. Um, and, a, and it grows out of uh, a discernment that is so, so important, you know, um, and I've shared personal things with you. You've shared personal things with me. And we knew that it was gonna, it wasn't going past that. You know what I mean? Without saying, like we just knew there was confidentiality there. And I have always felt from you um, this sense of support, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, I want the best for Zan, you know? <laughs> and that's something that I think that's really important in friendships that the the other person you know they're they're going to see the best potential the best outcome for you 
and not allow you to wallow in whatever your own, you know, detracting thoughts might be, mm-hmm. right? It's so very important. So I think I've gotten to a place where I'm better at discerning uh, those kinds of friendships now. I'm also recognizing that uh, I'm just so grateful. There, there are a few core friendships. I really could count them mm-hmm. on one hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They started on a particular season and God keeps them alive. Like they keep, they keep coming back. They keep coming back um, at just the right time. And it's like we haven't lost a day. And those are the ones that I feel like I'm going to have forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's those friendships. So um, I don't know. What about you? Anything you do differently now? I, I'm learning to grow into and mature into where you are. Because again, I'm just a natural, naturally, I just love people. And so when I meet people, especially people who are in a situation I've been in. So for example, I've been here now, here in North Carolina for four years. So when someone moves, my heart naturally gravitates toward them, right? Um, being on faculty, if someone's new faculty, my heart naturally gravitates toward them. Toward them. So I'm being more discerning around, God, what is it that you have for me to provide to this person or for this person? And, or what is it that you want this person to give to me that I should be receiving from them? And Lord, please show me like the timeline, like, you know, right now, like if it's for today, for tomorrow and help me to move on when it's time to move on. Because again, I want to gravitate toward them and then I want to latch. And that latch is usually the latch of friendship. And so I'm still, I'm still learning to be very discerning and not, not moving all the way in, right? Not inviting everyone all the way into my home, my metaphorical home when I meet them and to pray at every level. I've talked with you so often, Zan, about joy. And so one thing that, one of the many things that's really important to me is having joy in my life. And so I'm learning now that I have to be really careful about people who don't cultivate joy, who don't believe in the default of joy, who their default is complaining and finding all the negative things that are going on. And I know there's a lot happening in the world. We still have to, we have to literally, we have to laugh. We have to rest. We have to find peace. And so I'm learning now how that, and talk about influences, how that influences me when it's always negativity and complaining and critiquing other people so all of that to say I'm becoming more discerning but I know that I still have a long way to go because my default is still to embrace embrace and pull close and that is not a discerning move so what about refreshing if you think about your maturity and your growth and and really being discerning about your relationships and your friendships and holding those sort of close what would your refreshing moment be for our listeners related to friendships you know, I think it would just be that God has surprises for us, even in the area of friendship. And, you know, if we are open to it and would allow God to choose uh, those relationships, I have definitely been surprised um, about friendships that have come back around. You know, we didn't break up. Um, it's just that after, you know, the one season ended, and we started new things. We weren't quite as in close contact. Um, But then there were divinely inspired occasions for us to reconnect and to start something uh, new, you know, a newer phase, a deeper phase of our friendship. And I've been so blessed by that. Um, And it is a a place of refreshing, refreshing for me. Um, So I, you know, I think the the Lord to choose and we, you know, we just we calm down, (laughs) you know. (laughs) <laughs> and we just let we let God put it together 
um, God can do some amazing things and send it uh, at the time. What about you? I, I love that. And so I would echo what you've just mentioned. And I would also encourage our listeners to read or listen to Relational Intelligence by Darius Daniels. That book is a life changer. And he talks about, yes, we will have friends, but as Dan mentioned, they're, they're going to be few and far in between. A handful, if we're blessed in that way, some of us will have one or two good, solid friends, but that we will have associates, assignments, and advisors. And Darius Daniels says one of the most critical mistakes that we make is misaligning with people. And I know from experience, it can be detrimental to our purpose. Now, God is still God and will still redeem that time, but it can derail us greatly to misalign with people. So we have to be keenly aware of our assignments, our associates, and our advisors, and that those people may not be our friends. So that's my refreshing moment. Check out that book. <laughs> Girl, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Darius Daniels. I enjoy his ministry. So I'm, I'm happy to, you know, hear that, that uh, book, his name. And, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to just seeing our, our listeners, you know, grow in your friendships uh, as you turn and be open to uh, God ending some, uh, reviving some, <laughs> giving you fresh perspective uh, on ones that, that needed to uh, evolve, you know, or end and really trusting God to provide uh, what we need at every stage of life. Be blessed, everybody. We looking forward to, you know, <laughs> next month. We have so much fun with these conversations that we're kind of, you know, talking about, is it possible <laughs> for us to do them a little more frequently, but right now we're still figuring it out. But listen, y'all come on back because there's so much more for us to uh, share with you and we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. We hope you'll join us again next month. Until then, make sure you remain refreshed.